Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mother West Winds. Wind Stories. Chapter 14. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to find out how you can volunteer please visit us at LibriVox.org. Recorded by Nathaniel Dory. Mother West Winds, When Stories. By Thornton W. Burgess. Chapter 14. When Mr. Woodmouse Learned from the Birds. Peter Rabbit will never forget the first time that he saw Whitefoot the Woodmouse pop out of a nest in a bush a few feet above his head. It wasn't so much the surprise of seeing Whitefoot as it was the discovery that the nest was Whitefoot's own. Peter had seen that nest often. It was in a bush, just a little above one of Peter's favorite paths on the edge of the green forest. Always he had supposed that it belonged to one of his feathered friends. He had seen many such nests. At least, he supposed he had. That was because he hadn't taken the trouble to look at this one particularly. He hadn't used his eyes. If he had, he might have seen that this, while very like other nests he had seen, was different. It was different in that it had a roof. Yes, sir, this particular nest had a roof. And it had a doorway, a very small doorway, and this doorway was underneath. A very queer place for a bird to make a doorway, had there been any bird of his acquaintance who would build a roof to a nest anyway. All of which goes to show how easy it is to see things without really seeing them at all. It was just at dusk that Peter happened along this particular little path and saw Whitefoot the wood mouse pop out of that nest. Hello, exclaimed Peter. What are you doing up there? What business have you in that nest? Have you been stealing eggs? No, I haven't been stealing eggs, retorted Whitefoot indignantly. And if I haven't any business in this nest, I should like to know who has. It's my nest. Who has a better right in it? Your nest, exclaimed Peter. Why, I thought you lived in a hollow tree, or a hollow log, or a hole in the ground, or some such place. How long is it since you learned to build a nest like a bird, and who taught you? Whitefoot knew by the tone of Peter's voice that Peter didn't believe a word of what he had been told. He looked very hard at Peter, and in his big, soft, black eyes was an indignant look, which Peter couldn't help but see. I don't care whether you believe it or not. This is my nest, and I built it, said he indignantly. At least, I built it over, he added, for Whitefoot is very truthful. In the winter, I do live in a hollow tree, or a hollow log, or a hole in the ground, whichever is most comfortable. But in the warm weather, I have a summer house, and this is it. My family has known how to build such homes ever since the days of my great-great-ever-so-great-grandfather when the world was young. It was he who learned the secret, and it has been in our family ever since. 
Peter's long ears stood straight up with excited interest and curiosity. Tell me about it, he begged. Tell me how your great, great, ever so great grandfather learned how to build a nest like a bird. Please tell me, Whitefoot. Whitefoot sat up and daintily washed his pretty white hands. I don't think I will, he replied slowly. You don't believe me when I said this nest is mine, and I'm sure you won't believe the story of my great-grandfather. I don't like telling stories to people who don't believe. But I will believe it, cried Peter. If you say it is true, I'll believe every word of it. Please tell me the story, Whitefoot. Oh, please do. Peter was very much in earnest. I'm sorry if I didn't believe you at first, when you said this nest was yours. But I do now, Whitefoot. I do now. Please, please tell me the story. Whitefoot's black eyes snapped and twinkled. He enjoyed being teased for that story. You see, he is such a little fellow, and such a very little fellow, that his bigger neighbors seldom take any notice of him, unless it is to try to catch him. There are several who would be glad to swallow Whitefoot if they could catch him. So, being such a little fellow, he felt rather puffed up, rather important, you know, that Peter Rabbit should be so interested and should actually be begging him for a story. He climbed up to a crotch in a tree, just a little above Peter's head, a place where he could watch out for danger, made himself comfortable with his back against the trunk of the tree, carefully combed his fur, for Whitefoot is very particular how he looks, and then began his story. Always, ever since the world was young, mice have been among the smallest of the little people of the green meadows and the green forest, and because of this they've had to live by their wits if they would live at all. In the beginning of things, it was not so. I have heard it said, because there was plenty for all to eat, and no cause for the big and strong to kill the small and weak. But when the hard times came, and hunger led to the doing of many dreadful things, all of the mouse tribe found they were in danger all the time, just as they are today. My great-great-great-grandfather, the first of all the wood mice, chose the green forest for his home, instead of the green meadows where his cousin, old Mr. Meadow Mouse, liked best to live. He chose the green forest, because it was always beautiful there, and because among the roots of the tree, and in the trees themselves, there were so many hiding places. He was very small, just as I am, and he was very smart. Just as you are? inquired Peter with a twinkle in his eye. I didn't say that, retorted Whitefoot indignantly. I never have claimed to be very smart, though I've been smart enough to keep out of the clutches of Reddy Fox, and Hooty the Owl, and all the others who hunt me. But great-great-great-grandfather was smart. In the green forest, he had prepared for himself many hiding places. Somewhere in the ground, somewhere in holes and trees, and somewhere in hollow stumps and logs. For a while he felt quite safe and easy in his mind, even when the times had become so hard and food so scarce that night and day some of his big neighbors, like Mr. Lynx and Mr. Fox and Mr. Wolf and Mr. Owl and Mr. Hawk and even old King Bear, were sure to come prowling about looking for little people like himself. You see, he had plenty to eat himself because he had been forehanded and had stored away seed in some of his hiding places. And he felt perfectly safe because the doors to his hiding places were so very small that none of these people could follow him into them. So he used to laugh at all those who hunted him and sometimes would dodge into one of his little doorways right under their very noses. But one day he saw old King Bear tear open an old hollow stump with his great claws and he knew that King Bear was looking for him. Another day, by chance, he happened to see Mr. Weasel slip into one of his smallest doorways and then a great fear took hold of Grandfather Woodmouse. His enemies knew now where to look for him, and how to get into his hiding places. They were no longer safe. I must find a new hiding place and keep it a secret, thought he. For many days he went about, thinking and thinking, 
One day he had this very much on his mind as he watched Mr. Catbird build a nest. All in a flash, a great idea came to him. If he could have a home in a bush like that of Mr. Catbird, no one ever, ever would think of looking for him there. If birds can build nests, why can't I? thought he. All that day he watched the building of Mr. Catbird's nest, trying to see how each stick was placed and how the nest was lined with fine roots and grass and strips of grapevine bark. The next day he hunted up some old nests and bushes, not too high above the ground, and climbed up to them. He even pulled some of them to pieces to see how they were made, and then tried to put them together again. "'I believe I can do it!' he exclaimed over and over to himself. "'I believe I can do it! Anyway, it will do no harm to try. No harm can come of trying!' He remembered an old nest on a bramble bush not far from where he lived. This he examined very carefully. It would do for a foundation. Then he went to work, taking care to build only when no one was near to discover a secret. He brought grass and fine roots, and he made that nest more comfortable than it had been when it was first built. He built a roof over it, so that it would shelter him in bad weather, and to get into it he made a little round doorway. When it was finished, he was very proud of it, as he had reason to be. He carried seeds into it, and then he made his home for the summer and way into the fall. Of course, no one ever dreamed of looking for him in what seemed like a bird's nest, and many a time he peeped out and watched his hungry neighbors walk under him without ever suspecting that he was near. Of course, he taught his children the secret of nest building, which he had learned from the birds, and that has been the most precious secret in our family ever since. You won't tell anyone, will you, Peter? He concluded anxiously. No, said Peter. I won't tell anyone. Of course I won't. It must be nice to have a sort of sky parlor in the summer, he added wistfully. It is, replied Whitefoot. I just love my summer home. With this, he climbed up to his snug nest, and the last Peter saw of him was his long, slim tail disappearing through the little round doorway. End of chapter 14